Warning, this podcast contains adult language, mature situations, character analysis, general rants, and major spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Television Tuesday, Episode 10. It's Tuesday, and yes it is. It's that time once again to talk about the latest television series that we're watching. Hope you guys are doing well. My name is Zan, and I am the host of Spirekin's Television Tuesday, and also the host of all the other podcasts you can find at www.spirekin.com. But you're here to listen to me talk about the latest and greatest and coolest TV shows that are out right now. And I'm really excited because of everything that's going on. And this week was kind of a weird situation. But remember, you can check any of our earlier episodes at www.spirekin.com. We're also on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, Stitcher, and various other social media sites. Just type in S-P-I-R-A-K-N in the search and I guarantee you'll find us one way or the other. And... Also, one last thing, in a week and a half, we're going to be giving away a couple of really cool things in preparation for the Anime Next online convention. I'm really excited for it, so we're going to see what happens with that. So, let's get on with it, shall we? And like always, remember, I'm going to do a general review, and then after this credit music, we're going to do our spoiler section where we talk really deeply about the two episodes, and there was a lot that happened this week. So, let's get on with it, shall we? So first show that we're talking about is Nosferatu, the vampire show starring Ashley Cummings and Zachary Quinto. And this is season two, episode five, Bruce Wayne McQueen. And this was directed by Hannah Culpepper. And she's kind of a cool director because she was the first woman director to launch a new Star Trek series in the franchise's history. And she directed the first three episodes of the new Star Trek Picard series. So she's got a, and she has a lot of movies under her belt also. So she is an accomplished actress. And you could tell, because this episode is a very dynamic and also very narrative heavy episode mixed with action. It's very, from the point of view of the various characters, it'll show a scene and then it'll go backwards in time and show from another character's scene. And that was really well done. And this is the attack on Chris McQueen, Vic's dad's farm. This is by Charles Manx and Bing as they're trying to take Wayne McQueen, Bruce Wayne McQueen, her son, away from her. And it is crazy what happens with all the situation that occurs because it is very nightmarish with Zachary Quinto being Charlie Manx, the boogeyman essentially, taking away her child. And it shows the lengths that she's willing to go to to protect her son. Also, it shows that they play on her fears from the past and how she's not the best person she could be. And there's an opportunity for her to save her son, or more importantly, stop Charlie Manx, but at the expense of her son. And what is she going to do? It's a truly riveting episode, and each character has a great moment. And Olaf Olafsson playing Bing, you really feel for him in this one. He goes all over the place from happy, childish Bing to really sinister, evil Bing to an angry Bing that we've never really seen before. It seems almost like a very different character than when he started because he seemed very and now he's very malicious. It's actually a cool sequence. Also seeing the new character who was made specifically for the series, the Hourglass Man, and how he affects the series. That was compelling. It's cool. He has a really weird knife, but a really cool ability. So overall, this one is what we've been setting up for and it leaves you with a cliffhanger that is heartbreaking and infuriating and how the rest of this series is going to be i don't know 
but I think it's going to be dark and sad, and I definitely want more. I can't wait to hear Greta's opinion on this when we actually do talk about it when she comes back. She should be back actually in two weeks. I know it's been a month and a half, but hey, family stuff happens. Anyway, now on to other TV shows, and specifically the one which we've been all over the place about. And what am I talking about? I'm talking about Stargirl Season 1, Episode 10, Brainwave Jr., directed by Andy Armageddon. And this is, as all these have been this season, it seems to be part ones and part twos, or in the case of the first three episodes, it's a three-parter. And this is the resolution for what happened last week's episode. It deals with Henry King Jr. and Henry King meeting up and talking and then discovering the truth about what's going on. And it's kind of a tragic and wonderful scene. It's dealing with that. You're also dealing with the fact that Barbara... Courtney's mother discovered that her daughter has superpowers and her husband, who is, you know, her new husband, has been lying to her about this because, oh, your daughter wasn't in a car accident. She got beaten up by a villain. So she's understandably upset about this. And you also have the villains, the ISA, finally setting up and getting their move ready for what they're going to do. So this is a big kind of clusterfuck where it sets up a lot going on And then it ends with a sequence of the new JSA with a new member going against the ISA to save somebody. And this ends super tragically. Now, what I'm going to have to say about this episode is that the actor who plays Henry King Jr. is amazing in this. He seemed like such a douchebag in the first first parts of the season. And he's built to a very compassionate, understanding character. And there are moments of this that you feel really bad. Especially when he's talking to Yolanda. And she admits that she loved him. And he feels really bad about it. And where it leaves off, it just, you want to cry. You do, but you don't. They also do something cool in this episode where they set up Shining Knight, a.k.a. Justin, the janitor, in a really cool, trippy way. Now, other things that go on in this episode, you have, uh, well, you have Rick, our man, being really, really just angstful and pissed off. And like I said earlier, and like what Greta said, that anger, it started out really compelling And now he's just a one-trick pony of, I'm angry, I'm angry, I'm not going to listen to nobody, I'm angry. And it's really hurting the character. However, he still does not have worst character of the show. As you can guess, I'm going to start ranting now about Courtney again. But one thing that is cool is that this episode does show that she doesn't need the staff to fight. It just gives her an edge. So she gets points there. But the big thing is that, In the opening sequence of her dealing with her mom, she keeps bringing up the fact that Starman is her dad. And I should be talking about this in the spoiler section, but I'm going to just bring this up here. In the comics, and in most mythology with Stargirl, Starman is not her dad. And in this episode, because of her not listening to anybody and her badgering everyone saying, listen to me, this is how it goes. I know what it is. I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. She ends up alienating everybody around her in a bad way. And honestly, whatever the fallout is of this, honestly, she totally deserves it. And it's just really annoying that she's just so like, this is my dad. He's my dad. And 
it hints that next episode we're going to see fallout for that and hopefully the fallout works we're going to see also justifiably barbara is understandably upset and the random question for this day is going to be do you think that barbara was right in just essentially saying i'm going to take my daughter and leave my husband not listen to him not listen to psych because you're pissed off do you think he was right do you think he was wrong or she was right she was wrong let me know um gonna give the next episode a try because we're gonna just finish the season but this episode was a big build-up because of all the other characters and as i've said this show should be called justice society and focus on all the other characters at this point star girl really is lacking as a main character while she doesn't have the whole i'm trying to push an agenda like uh kate kane did she's just not pulling it together she really has to. And it's not against a knock on Brie. Brie is a really good actress. It's just this way this character was written, I just think it doesn't fit you. Anyway, so I think that's it for this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed. If you want, stay tuned. We're going to be talking about some of the spoilers in a couple minutes. And I hope you have a great day. Keep watching television shows. I'm your host, Zan, and I'm Gonsville. See you later, guys. talk so if you have not watched the episodes we're talking about stop watch episodes and come back you have been warned so first off with star girl holy crap they killed off another major character and this was done in such a tragic way because when the episode opens up 
and they're talking to Henry King Sr. He doesn't remember anything from the last 10 years. The last thing he remembers is the day his wife died, and he's such a different character. He's kind. He's actually, like, super nice to his son. He's not abusive, and he's caring to him. And he's a good character. And this is a character who would have become a superhero, maybe. Who had his wife's influence on him. And then by the end, when you discover that he's the one who killed his wife, and he's super just tragic and just... And just like, I, kill, I killed your wife, my wife. And if you don't join me, I'm going to kill you too. That is such a hard scene. And you see him, he actually kills his son. Well, hopefully this is like comics and he's not dead. And that actually like just knocked him out. He's going to brainwash him or something. Which would be kind of cool and crazy. But I don't know. We'd have to wait and see what happens with that. And that whole sequence of him actually using his powers and showing that he's as strong as his dad, Henry Jr., using his powers... That was really well done, and the animation was great with that. Also, I love the fact they bring up the fact that he's actually the nephew of Starman. And his mom was Starman's sister. And that scene of just him interacting with Courtney is... That made the whole scene of them hanging out great. And him looking at Yolanda before he dies and saying, I'm sorry. Like, he actually means it, and she forgives him. That's such a heartbreaking and great scene. And then him telling Courtney, there are good people. And he believes it. Showing that he is different than his dad. That he's willing to change. That was... That was some of the, the storytelling we want from this show. Other thing, Pat and Barbara, when they... Uh, that's a great sequence of when he's trying to explain. And he shows her the photographs and she thinks he... he drove her daughter crazy that wasn't fair because he's trying to tell her and then you have courtney interjecting every two minutes saying oh i know he's my dad and he killed ice killed my dad jordan killed my dad i gotta get revenge on him because he's my dad and pat's saying listen let me talk and she doesn't want to listen that made things a lot worse for pat because pat was trying to tell her that this is what happened and all barbara thinks at this point is that pat told her lies to make her a superhero and that isn't what happened I do like that they went back to the shop that they originally met at. I like that. And that's the best part was the opening is when you see them first meeting and their first interaction. It's such a nice romantic scene of them just, they order the same thing and they're together and it's great. And then to kind of bookmark it when you go back to that restaurant later and it's a completely different feeling. The first one is, oh, they're flirting. They're nice. They're going to end up together. And then... By the end, they're there, and Pat's still trying to, like, oh, that's a brilliant idea. He's trying to, to fix things, and Barbara's still so pissed at him. But it was really smart of her to record what the Jordan's parents were saying and them being all creepy. It sounds like they want to kill Pat and just make her Jordan's wife, which that would be a really twisted thing, and I think that Jordan would not have a problem doing that, even though that would make his daughter. But anyway... Other big things. One, Brainwave knows who the kids are. So the question is, is he going to tell all the other villains who they are? And that also means, how screwed are they now that all this happened? This is going to be a rough future episode. And it really did make me... I was really impressed by all the actors in this. Uh, seeing all the all the society working in fighting saying we don't want to hang out with henry because he's a jerk but then they eventually are willing to work with him because of what happened also when you see icicle steal the cosmic staff 
badass because the cosmic sap kind of goes on the rails goes to stop icicle and then just gets frozen in place and he takes it that was mouth dropping i know i'm just rambling but it's one of those episodes that was very rambly i could go in order just go the whole synopsis but that's not how i feel with this episode it's just one which it was really good just some things irked me anyway now let's get on to the other show wow Nosferatu, holy shit, that ending sequence and opening, the bookend of it was just genius. How it opens up with Vic giving birth to Bruce and he's not breathing and she's freaking out and they get her him to breathe. And then the last scene is her in the hospital after everything happened, after the hourglass man hit her with a car. Uh, Lou is unconscious and hopefully Lou survives I like him a lot Chris was shot in the leg and all she is doing is she's crying because her baby's gone and it's such a great moment of she it shows she does love Wayne with all her heart and yeah she does drink yes she has some but she loves him and she wants to be the mom he deserves and him being taken is the most tragic thing possible and all the stuff that leads up to it, it was so clever to do all the different sequences of first showing the basics and then zooming into this character, showing Vic's perspective and then showing Lou's perspective and then Bing's perspective and then Charlie's perspective, going back and forth and back and forth. It was well done and well composed. And some of the things that I would want to touch upon, one, like I said, the hourglass man, the fact that his power is, as long as the hourglass is running, he could tell you to do something and you do it till the hourglass is done. And I like that. He forced the FBI agents to come out, kind of like causing a problem, saying, listen, I'm lost. Uh, can I borrow a minute of your time? And I love that he said that, and that was him. I think that's like the key. You have to agree to give him a minute of your time. If you do, then he could control you. I don't know. I could be wrong. It's such an intriguing character. But I love that he does that, flips it over and says, listen, I want you to kill everybody except the kid. He's not to be harmed, and then shoot yourself in the face. And they all go crazy and kill all of them so they have no help. Then you have Charlie show up, Bing starts putting the gas in the house. Charlie, Vic has to get back. And then the scene, which it's super kind of heartbreaking, is Lou, later on, Lou trying to save Wayne from the wraith. And he's trying to break the glass. And then you see Charlie just smashing his head into the door in front of Wayne. And throughout this series, Charlie has been very, the child can't see. The first episode when his first assistant kills the mom, or not kills, injects the mom right in front of him, he ends up getting chastised and killed over that. And at this point, he just doesn't seem to care. He's just doing it maliciously. It's almost like it's no longer about the, um, I'm a good man, I'm better than these parents. This is more like, this is a statement to Vic, because Vic is such a thorn in my side that Vic hurt me, hurt my children, so I'm going to do whatever I can to take her child away from her and to hurt her even if it makes me the bad guy and he already is the bad guy but this is such a hate-filled motivation for this seeing how angry and rage-filled he is and him rationalizing and saying well when he's with me he'll call you and then you know he's better with me that i could take better care of him than his drunk whore of a mother and he's just trying to twist the knife in so much zachary quinto great job with this and the other part with Bing in this, being really well utilized as, besides 
being smart enough to fill the house with gas, which was really smart. I never thought he would have done that, but seeing him deal with Lou, one getting picking up the gun from the FBI agents to use against Vic, that was really smart. And then his conversation with Wayne, where at first he's like, oh, we're going to have fun, we're going to go to Christmas Land, and then he talks about the fact that you're my ticket to Christmas Land, all's going to be well, you know, I'm going to spend my entire time with my friend Mike, the kid from the beginning of the season. And I don't think Bing realizes that if he goes to Christmas Land, they're going to eat him. I don't think he realizes that. I think he's too stupid to realize it. I think he's too simple. But it's cool that he flips a switch when Wayne starts being, like, trying to resist. He gets mad and vicious, and he starts rhyming more and more, which is kind of the cool element of Bing that he rhymes. But I like that later when he confronts Vic... He tries to kill her. She jumps into the water to avoid him. And he says, you know, your your son's naughty, but Mr. Manx will make him nice again. And it's like, whoa. Bing really has lost his fucking mind. And he's become such a vicious character. And no longer the, oh, I feel sorry for him. Like, he's had moments of him being sorry, but this from here on, I think there's going to be no, I feel sorry for him at this point. Whatever happens to him is going to happen to him. And at the end, where Manx leaves him there... I don't know if Bing is going to get arrested, go to jail, or he's going to die. But this is not going to end well with him. This episode had so many set pieces. Just It was a very frenetic episode that you had to watch. Just with all the moving parts of this setting up. Just essentially, the whole thing is, Manx comes, beats Vic, takes Wayne. That's it. And he takes out every single person. And then, the one thing is, last episode they set up the fact that Vic and Chris made bombs to blow up in the ground to destroy the Wraith. And she has an opportunity to use them, but Wayne is in the car. So she could destroy the car. Finally stop Charlie Manx, but it's killing her son. And she won't do it. And it shows that she still loves him, and hopefully, I really hope she has a happy ending with her son, that she saves him and all is well. I don't know. I really don't know. I'm curious what you guys think. Let me know in the show notes, and you can email me at zanspiker.com. Let me know what you think. So I think that's it for this episode. We've been ranting and raving, and I know it's a quicker episode, but like I said, without someone to play off, I generally go more to my thoughts on it. And, well, let me know what you guys think. Email me, and I hope you guys enjoyed this. I'll see you next Tuesday for another TV Tuesday. And tomorrow, remember, we have our manga review where we're talking about some of the really cool shows and tomorrow we're talking about Iramakun. welcome to demon school so stay tuned for that i've been your hosan i'm gone so we'll catch you guys next time see you